You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Walkerusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. We want to welcome you back to At Home, the podcast. This is season three, episode three already. We've been having conversations as a group here uh, around the topic of the sermon series, and that is called Rooted. And it's a book study out of the book of Second Peter. So sitting in the room with me is Angie Brenneman, our family ministry pastor, and Brant Nine, our executive leader here. And guys, I want to have a conversation today on the topic of memory. Uh Peter lays out in this section of Scripture uh, three different times within four verses the need to be reminded of something or to remember something. And so that's the topic today, and and for the listener, we're glad that you joined us. In order to kick it off, though, I want to read this section of Scripture. It's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, and it's simply verses 12 through 15. Listen to what it says. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. He goes on in verse 13 and says, it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. And then it jumps down to verse 15 and it says, so I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I'm gone. So what I'm getting here is is Peter is writing this letter to the followers of Jesus who are present in that day, but also those who would come behind him because Peter knows he's fixing to die very soon here at the hands of Nero. And so he wants them to remember, remember. Why do we need so many reminders in our world today? Oh, because we so quickly forget that short-term memory just often just disappears on us. And I think we're so used to, I mean, sometimes we even have a hard time remembering our phone numbers. Or our ch- I have to often look up my children's phone so, numbers. Mm. That's actually interesting you say that. You know, Angie, you and I are a little bit older than Brant, yeah. uh, not to disclose our ages. No. But do you remember before cell phones, I remembered phone numbers very well. Yes. Did you? Yes, totally. I, I can still remember my original phone number. And I can't remember a phone number now to save my oh, life. My husband's, but that's about it. <laughs> so. I go to Martin's and they said, do you have a Martin's card? I say, no. They said, do you have a phone number? And it was still our home phone number from seven years ago. And I'm like, I remember that number, but I can barely remember my wife's cell phone number from time right. to time. I just push a button. Right, because the phones do it for us. They even send us these little notifications of the meeting that we're to, po- to go to next or the next thing we're supposed to do. Because we don't often, for me, I like to write things down. And every time you go to the store, you see all the calendars and the to-do list that you can pick up. There's so many ways that can trigger our memory that are out there. If I could just remember where I put my keys or my wallet on a consistent basis, that would make my wife, Francie, so much happier. Uh, The constant struggle at home is, where did I put my back scratcher? (laughs) I could never remember where I put it. I take it with me everywhere at home. Uh, That might be kind of weird, but... (laughs) Your back scratcher. back scratcher. That's an essential in the winter months when it's dry. You know what? I think that's a whole episode in and of itself. (laughs) Grant nine and the back scratcher. uh, Hey, uh, there was three things, and I thought it was really interesting that he points out here. Four verses, three things. Uh, The first one stood out to me for this reason. He says, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them, and even though you are already standing firm, in, in essence, you're doing well with these things, but I'm going to continue to remind you of these things. It's the fundamentals. I often think about things 
that maybe I don't know very well needing to be reminded about, but not always thinking of the things that I'm actually doing quite well that I still need reminded of. What do you guys think? Why is that important? Well, I think we have to remember how to begin things. I'm going to take this to the kitchen. So there's um, key ingredients that you always have to remember to put into food. And the kids joke about the time where I didn't remember to put the sugar in because, you know, that really is key in the recipe or things that we um, fundamentally need to do to make um, things work. You can't have a um, a bite go forward if your brakes don't work or you, there's just things that we have to do that are key to make the next step. And Peter is really saying, remember those things that I've already laid out for you in chapter one that you need to do to to kind of build your faith, to build character into your life? Yeah, absolutely. Now, Brant, you were a basketball coach for a number of years. Uh, it had to be at times uh, enticing to just want to keep teaching new plays, but how important yeah. were the fundamentals? Actually, that that is a big struggle in coaching, especially basketball, is, is you have all of these plays that you want to get to so that you can come to a game and just you know, be able to catch the the opponent off guard and do something new and fresh. Uh, But it really comes down to you can't run a play if you don't know how to dribble a ball. You can't run a play if we don't know how to set screens. You can't run a play if you don't know how to pivot, you know, or pass correctly or 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 shoot the ball uh, in a way that is going to benefit the team and, and yourself. And so you have to teach all these fundamental things before you can move on to the bigger picture. And we constantly say that in coaching. Right. And Angie, you can attest to this as well. Um, the little things matter. You can't do the big things unless you remember the little things, those those fundamentals that you were taught early on. Right. I coached tennis for 13 years, and the two most important things I would always tell the girls to remember is your footwork and your grip. And those are like the two things. You have your grip on your tennis racket, and your footwork's got to get you to the ball. And a lot of times you want to make this big shot, or you see the big picture, oh, I want to do this, but you can't do it unless you get there and um, start with that fundamental yeah, you uh, piece. you got to remember those little things. Yeah. So this was kind of funny. On Sunday, I, I was trying to drive this point home with an illustration saying, uh, we need to remind it of even the fundamentals because we often forget. And I, and I talked about how I'm getting older. Mm-hmm. I will be 50 this year. And I was talking about how it's all going downhill. And, and I walked out this week into the lobby and I saw Erica there. And I mentioned how when I saw Erica in the lobby, I said, hey, Erica, how you doing? And I talked to her about her day. Uh, and then I said to her, I have no idea why I walked out here because I was going somewhere, but I couldn't remember. But the irony in that that illustration that I was trying to make was I forgot where I was going. Little did I know that in both services, I referred to her by her maiden name and not her married name, which just drove the point home even further. Mm-hmm. I need to be reminded uh, on a regular basis, even of those basics. I also think, though, it proves the, to the point that our body, our mind, our um, experiences kind of create a muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so key, too, in remembering that the reason you said her maiden name is because she was, you know, not married to Jordan all these years, but she was a slave ball for many years. Yeah, and yeah. I think sometimes we have to build in us that same muscle memory with our faith of how do we actually respond rather than react. And that's what Peter was teaching us through this is that we have to build, we have to stand firm. We have to have that muscle memory when the storms come and we are challenged in our faith to respond accordingly. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the storms will come, which is really why I think he said the second reminder that he gave us. He says, uh, I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. And, and the idea is there are times that come into our life uh, where we face the battles, the challenges, the ups, the downs. We could say you have a mountaintop experience or we could say you are at a valley experience. And the reality is we need those constant reminders because they give us hope in the face of the battle as well. They don't just give us hope, they create instinct, right? Like, this is what I'm going to default to when it comes to this storm, or this is what my body or my mind goes to uh, when adversity when adversity happens. So, again, the fundamentals create instinctual action I right. think, as well. And I think what you said, Chris, and this is your point you made, that if you don't know this yet, uh, the, follow, the follower of Jesus has a continuous battle. It's not just a battle, but it's a continuous battle. And that's what we're saying. It has to be instinct in how we respond. It has to be a memory of things that we go back to, uh, that Christ has done this in our lives. He will. He will do it again. This is who he is. These are the things that we need to be reminded of continually. I think, Angie, I think that's an excellent point because uh, we have to remember the victories. Mm. I think there's a lot of times when I face the battle, I'll just be vulnerable. I face the battle and I think, Lord, can you get me through this again? And being reminded of how he's done it, really, if you stop long enough to remember time and time and time again, he has shown up faithful in his time, not mine, in his timing and, and, and come through. Yeah, he will do it again. We just we sang that song on Sunday, which I felt really tied to this message. And if you listen to that worship song, it's that you will do it again, Lord. We prom- You're promising to us that you will be faithful. We are the ones that often falter and doubt or, or wander back and um, try, to, try to do it a different way. And he's continually faithful. And that's part of that remembering his, his character and who he is. Because uh, sometimes our character and who we are needs to be built up into that desire. Uh, Design and who he has us to be in Christ, but he never changes. He's always faithful. Can I give an educational spin on this as well? Yes. Um, you know, I taught for nine years, and one of the things, the biggest, one of the biggest struggles that we were having as teachers during that time is educational curriculum was um, it was advancing and, and it, into this new innovative way of teaching. Uh, subject matter. Some some parents would say, "Why are we teaching this new math? Why can't we just go back to the old math?" Uh, it it worked better then, and and we were able to remember these concepts uh, a lot more effectively. And I would say that they've gone away from this in a lot of ways to push the new. Uh, the new normal, if you will, to push innovation. Uh, they want kids to know more at a younger age now. The problem that we're having is that children are forgetting the fundamentals. Uh, we aren't seeing curriculum spiral back and hit on these concepts that, hey, you're going to use this in math, in reading, in whatever it is uh, for the rest of your life. We need to hit these over and over and over and over again. And so what you'll see in the education setting is that most of the effective teachers are finding ways to spiral back themselves uh, to help students remember their skills. Peter's doing this. He's spiraling back to to the fundamentals and reminding us and saying, hey, you will have to continually remind yourself and remind other followers of these concepts. And it, it, it essentially, and I would say it to my students this way, I'm going to pound this into your brain over and over and over again. And then going back to that instinctual uh, mindset until it's instinct, until you default to this. 
Um, there's no way you can forget if we continue to remind each other. I remember being built into the curriculum growing up. So I think it's interesting you say that. I remember the scope and sequence yep. of, of, a, of a curriculum always included, hey, this is just a review lesson. And I remember my teacher saying, we're going to go back and review what you've learned over the last couple of sessions or sections of, of this uh, in order to solidify. So what, what I'm hearing is we're not seeing that as much anymore. No, actually, the curriculums are written in a way that you study it for, you know, five to six weeks. And then if the teacher doesn't um, find something to fill in over the course of the, the remainder of the year, then that five to six weeks is all you get on that topic. And so, and then you're tested over it at the end of the year. So uh, what teachers are having to do is supplement in order to remind students uh, of these important foundational skills. Right. And I think we, um, as parents, I'm going to tie this into parenting too, is the key is we're constantly um, challenged by our kids to um, whether they need to have chore lists, we need to, as they grow, you, we need to um, instruct them how to do things, how simple life skills, like that's kind of our, our um, purpose as parents to develop the life skills. Um, but I didn't learn to tie my shoes on the first try right? There was a process and a purpose. And a lot of times, even as you grow, your shoes even change. And I'm getting this to the point is that you have to go back to remember that you have to make the loop because, you know, even when you tie a, a shoe at 20 and it might have a different uh, um, lace up or whatever, you still have to go back to what you learned as a child. And I think oftentimes we kind of think, well, what's child? Um, you know, as a child, I learned the little simple things. Now I'm in, on to bigger and better things. But we have to go back to that simple uh, skill of trusting Jesus as children and loving him and growing in him. I don't know what this means about me, but you just helped me realize something. My parents put me in Velcro shoes for a long time, and now my passion is slip-on shoes. So maybe, you know, maybe it was because my saying. default was a... never the bunny ears being taught, to, you know, to, to tie them yeah. uh, correctly. Yep. You know, when I look at Second Peter, as he goes on and he talks about this third area, he says, I will work hard to make sure you always remember after I am gone. Mm -hmm. it, to me, that's the topic of of legacy. Peter knows his death date is coming, and he really deeply desires that the listener, the reader uh, of this letter, and the generations that come behind him don't forget some things. Legacy is critical. We are all products of legacy that has been left. Now, that could be, and even to the listener here, uh, the legacy that you've had left may not be a good one. Uh, the legacy you've had left to you may be a great one. Uh, but we, if we look at our lives right now, we are leaving a legacy. And so the question I think we have to ask ourselves is, uh, what kind of legacy are we leaving? How important is legacy? Yeah, um, something I used to say to my students all the time, actually my best friend Jake, uh, who teaches fifth grade at Woodview Elementary, says this to his kiddos as well, is uh, we, we start with this phrase and we want kids to fill in the blanks. Practice makes, and then they automatically always go to perfect. And we're like, no, no, we're not asking you to be perfect. And so we drive home this thought of practice makes permanent. Mm -hmm. What you do today affects who you become tomorrow. And then we just want to make that habit. We want to do these things over and over and over again so that it becomes a permanent practice in your life. And so here's the legacy aspect of that. We'll see students who, who are in high school or in college, and, and they'll come back and they'll say things like, hey, practice makes permanent. We've, 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 uh, we've 
shared this with our friends and with our teammates and, and this has become ingrained in our lives. And so, um, I don't know. I'm sure Jake and I didn't come up with that phrase. We heard it somewhere. We both have shared it with our kids. Um, but that's something what we try to drive home is, Hey, remember, uh, those little things that you're practicing today, those become permanent habits in your life from here on out. Right. One of the things, um, that I'm, that I've gained from uh, my father is really structure and purpose and rhythms and how important it is. I mean, I'm going to um, be honest. They even gave us a chores when there really was nothing to do. They gave us a bucket of water and a um, paintbrush and sent us out to paint the siding because, you know, it's important to have structure and purpose in your life. And I say this is that, that we often get distracted from our purpose. And I think that's where legacy ties in, that you have to be focused. Legacy requires focus. And um, it requires us to to not get um, pulled off to the mundane or the the things that really don't matter, but to stay on task. And as my father would say, on mission, Mm -hmm. you can hear him saying that and have real purpose in why we do things. It may sometimes um, be something that is out there that just keeps us busy and kind of on task, but there has to be a mission Mm -hmm. for what we do to, to make that legacy happen. To the listener now, what, what I want to do is shift this podcast to some really practical uh, ideas on how to continue to be reminded and remember the truths of Scripture, the truths of Jesus, and uh, how do we do this. And a lot of times this requires us to spend time with, with the Lord. If we want to be able to develop a memory, we have to build in the muscle memory, as you have talked about, Angie, and so on. And so how do we create memory. I think it has to be going back to our, our, our personal growth with the Lord. So here's what I did. Last night, I, uh, I decided we're going we're gonna to do a little different uh, take here on the podcast. I'm going to give you some tips. Uh, and so I did what any of us would do. I went to the, to the internet and tried to come up with tips for helping us be reminded of things. So this is from uh, WikiHow. Wiki how which, really reliable, which is, which is super reliable. I mean, uh-huh. this is this is about as as uh, as credible as you can find. But I did think that they had some really interesting points on how to remind ourselves or be re- um, put ourselves in a position to remember. And the first thing that they said was, "Don't multitask." So if I'm spending time with the Lord, uh, I'm reading my Bible. Um, I, I don't want to multitask. And so sometimes, uh, you know, I don't have a different radio on in the background, and my mind gets distracted by or the TV's not on, or I'm not in a really public place because I'll get distracted and pulled away, and I'm not trying to do multiple things at a time. But I thought that was really interesting because it says concentration is incredibly important important to retaining memory. Mm-hmm. And there's times I don't, rem- I don't remember the times that I've spent with the Lord so much or the, the, the texts that I've studied. And I think for me, I, I, I legitimately have ADD. I do take medicine, but I try to find that I, I have to find that sweet spot where I'm not distracted by multitasking. Uh, My mind goes to, oh, hey, when I'm done, I also need to Mm -hmm. do this. Or, hey, don't forget later today, you got this coming up. And, oh, yeah, back to this text. So how do you guys, how do you guys handle your time alone with the Lord? Do you find that you've been able to block out blocks of time and and be able to focus? Or do you find yourself multitasking? Well, quiet is a big deal. Like you said, I think we sometimes get so busy that quiet is really hard to find even at 6 Mm a.m. But it is important because, you know, we got to get the kids on the bus and got to do this and that, but quiet. And so I would say place. That's a big deal to me. 
like the place I sit, the place that I can take my my mind, my um, heart, and my ears and open all of that to the Lord. Because um, if I sit in the kitchen, guess what I'm thinking about doing? I'm thinking about making breakfast or I'm in the, whether I'm in the car, I mean, I'm driving, I'm, I have a purpose to go somewhere, but a place where you can sit down, focus and really um, center in on what you're learning and what you're doing. And in that, I take time to write it down because I, like you said, your mind is actually your greatest enemy in the quiet and in that place because it just gets distracted and it goes mm-hmm. off and it goes on different tangents. And so writing something down, writing a prayer, writing a scripture, writing um, a goal, something to really work towards or to pray for um, is really important too for me to stay focused. Yeah, I find myself multitasking. Um, I think that's just ingrained in in kind of our society now is you you eat while you uh, are doing something else. You catch up with your spouse while you're doing something else. And Francie a lot of times tells me, you only hear three-fourths of what I'm actually saying. And so if she sends me to the grocery store, um, I, I notoriously come back missing something. And she's like, this just goes to show you, you weren't listening the whole time I was telling you. And I'm convinced. I'm like, no, you did not tell me to get butter. Um, but no, I... With the Lord, when it comes time, uh, when it comes to spending time with the Lord, um, I, I do feel that I, I feel like I'm I'm trying to fit it in with something else as well. Yeah. Do you think um, often we get so caught up in that it has to be a certain way because our society says this is your place, this is your time? Um, and I only say that is uh, sometimes people are more morning people than, um, and some people are more night people. Um, Chris, what are you? Do you find sometimes that you uh, go more into the night than you do in the morning, or you're more? I am completely a morning person. Uh, at night, I am worthless. <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you, if I sit down to try to study at night, I'll fall asleep. But you know, at six a.m., uh, I'm 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 a much better, much sharper. See, and I'm opposite. I I could stay up until one, two in the morning. But the problem is, is I have to discipline myself to to actually spend that time with the Lord because I can fill that with either projects for work, watching or streaming a, a show on you know Netflix or another streaming service. I can fill that time with a lot of other things. So my my I guess my thought is that I need to. I need to discipline myself in the time that I do have. Right. One of the other things that I was thinking as we talk about how to um, remember things and how to do this is how do you help your kids remember? So Mm. a lot of times we would sit around the dinner table and kind of go over what, what did, what happened with the day and what do we um, need to do yet? And I can still remember um, just the different conversations over the period of uh, our life as a family and just how key that talking through and uh, just remembering, telling stories around the dinner table is a great way to remember because you have to tell the stories of the past to be able to just um, grasp the present and what God's doing. And so mm-hmm. I don't think that we can throw out the um, the whole thing that stories do count. Right. Yeah. So this list goes on, and, and I've already covered a couple of these things. Avoid external distractions, avoid internal distractions. So putting yourself in a place where you're not easily distracted. But time of day, they said, was important. We just touched on that a little bit. They say that time of day that you study often correlates to how much you remember what you're studying. And so find your sweet spot. 
Uh, but guess, again, if I'm trying to read or study at night, it's just not as productive as if I'm the sharpest. And so uh, my challenge to the listener would be give God the best. It's almost like tithing. Give him the first, give him the best of your time and not the last of your time. So that'd be a challenge there. But the last thing they said I thought was really interesting, and it was write things over and over again. Now, when I sit down to study a sermon and prepare for a message, I don't just download the text or just drop it in my notes. I actually take out a legal pad and I write out the section of scripture I'm going to be talking about. When I write it out, I think about each of the words that I'm writing much differently, because I think we have a tendency to take scripture and and read it and read it quickly and go, I already knew that. I already read that before. But when I stop to write down the text, certain things jump out that never jumped out at me. And I'm like, why is that word used? Because that's a really unique word for this sentence. Yeah. I, I bet Angie can agree with this. I have to buy books that I'm reading because I have to like annotate off to the side. I have to highlight, I have to write things in them in order to retain uh, the information the book is giving me. So Angie, mm-hmm. can you relate oh, to that at all? Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> but I but I think you're going to understand this too, Brian, is that fundamentally, writing is so important. Right. And we have gone, I'm, I'm taking this back to the beginning where we talked about, this is what Peter's saying, do the basics. Writing is a fundamentally core thing that we as uh, uh, humans need to do because it helps process so much mentally. Um, it helps us uh, really take even our emotions and allow them to kind of escape. And I, I think this is a lost art. And I'm really saying this is something Absolutely. that we have totally like pushed to the side and said, well, no, we'll just type out, you know, we'll just type in our phone or whatever. But writing and it's so key to to set and let yourself um, see your words on paper. And they say that somebody who writes out in journals, it can give them like an emotional health for almost a month. Right. That's crazy. You know, going back to education in this sense too, we, we are living in a digital world. And so educationally, everything's pushed to do it online, do it on the computer. That includes like the writing process, you know, like the brainstorming aspect when we used to create webs and then make or make a list and then you'd write your sloppy copy or your rough draft and then you'd edit and revise and then you would publish. And and I always told my students the way we had to publish uh, when I was in fourth grade was we had to do it in pen and back then pens couldn't erase. Right. And we had to write it in cursive. And if you made a mistake on your last line, guess what you had to do? You just start all over again. And by the end, you you kind of almost had your story memorized, right? Because mm-hmm. you had written it out so many times. But but my thought, too, is even with these math concepts, even with social studies and science, they want things to be online a lot of times. But here's the thing. Kids retain the information uh, more effectively, and they're able to speak to it and, and own it when they can write it out. And you remember this phrase, show your work. That's a lost thing, too in our society is like, you don't have to prove it. Just write down the answer. You just type it in. No, when you write something down, you actually have to show your work. You have to show that you remember how to, how to get to, to this step. And so, yeah, writing yeah, things over and over is so relevant. And that's why I think we are said to remember as Psalms 119 says, God's word, hide it in our heart, memorize it, live it out. And guess what? You do it again tomorrow and it will go forward with us. It becomes your default. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It becomes your default. And, and 
in essence, I think this is what Peter is trying to remind uh, the reader about. This is critical. You have to put this to memory so that it becomes the default of who you are. Uh, to the listener today, we're glad that you join us on these episodes. Hopefully there's something in here that you can take away and begin to apply uh, to your life. And, and if anything that you get from this whole podcast today is the importance of knowing Jesus and the importance of studying who he is and st- the importance of studying Scripture scripture to begin to make it the muscle memory, Angie, as you've referred to, uh, going back to the fundamentals as you've uh, referred to as well, and just making this about who we are so that in the challenges of life, the default comes out. In the goodness of life, in the high mountaintops of life, we aren't distracted by my doing this, but this is God working through me. And uh, that's a critical critical take uh, for who Jesus is and what he's called us to do. So listener, we're we're glad that you join us uh, for each of these episodes. Again, uh, we're going to continue this series uh, at at our church, and next week we're going to jump into some pretty tough topics. Mm -hmm. But if you could go back and look at chapter 1, Peter is just driving home. Make every effort. You have to know these things. Add these characteristics to your life. Uh, Make sure that you are reminded of this. He goes on and he talked, and we didn't even get into this today, about trusting the message uh, of Scripture, because what he's going to do is make this transition in this letter to the fact that there's false teachers out there, and there are people who want to distract us from the truth, and we have to remember the truth so that when we are distracted or when other messages come into our lives, we are not sidetracked. We are not uh, derailed off of what truth is. And so we're going to get into that topic next week, and we hope that you join us. But thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us for this episode. God bless you and have a great week. At Home, the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.